Welcome in to season nine, episode four of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We have two interviews lined up for this episode. Starting off will be Coach Will Hall of Southern Miss Golden Eagles off to a two and two start coming off a big win on the road at Tulane. We were able to catch up with Coach Hall on Southern Miss's bye week. So we hope you enjoy that visit with Coach Hall. Then in the two spot tonight and in the cleanup hole, two of two tonight will be Ben Ingram. He's the radio voice for the Atlanta Braves. He's the play-by-play voice on the largest network in Major League Baseball as the Braves cover the largest landscape with their Braves radio network. Of course, Ben, a Mississippi guy who's familiar with this program, he's been on quite a few times and we always appreciate his time, especially in such a busy week as we'll let Ben tell you about that. But thank you for tuning in to the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. It's not lost on us that there's a ton of different options for you as a listener, and we appreciate you continuing to pick us as one of those options. So thank you. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Bank with your hometown bank, FNB Picune Bank. With four branches in Picayune, a branch in Poplarville and Wiggins, and soon to have a branch in Dekeel. The name has changed, but the employees continue to be the same friendly faces, offering you the same great service. So do your banking with your hometown bank. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. We are now... Pumped up to be joined by Coach Will Hall coming off a big victory to run their record out to two and two on the season. Coach, if you would, uh, thanks for joining the podcast, first of all. Oh, man, excited to be on with you. You know, uh, we had talked about doing it earlier in the year, but it's just hard during the season. And, you know, we got a big bye week this week, which is great for our kids. And it freed me up a little bit to do some things like this with you and it just so happens we're coming off a big win, so it makes it even better. Yeah, is the sky a little bluer and the air a little crisper after something like that, Coach? I'll be honest, it really is, you know, but and it's sad that we live our life that way, that we let a game control us so much, but, man, it's my life and it's what we do. And, you know, just proud to be building Southern Miss back. You know, it's such a great place. It means so much to me, and Mississippi means so much to me and these people. And and to be able to finally get a little bit of fruit for our labor, uh, to, to show people, you know, that we are building this thing back the right way and get a little more people on board and believing, you know, and, and seeing our fans after that game, it just meant a lot to me. And we're not a finished product, you know, but we are coming and we're doing it the right way, and uh, and we got to keep working. We've had a great week this week of focusing on us and getting better, and and uh, we're going to continue to improve as the year goes on. Coach, when you look at a win like that, certainly uh, a big win and a complete team win, right? I mean, you're down, your back's against the wall, you're down 14, 
and then you get a big punt. I mean, people kind of may get lost in it that Mason Hunt pins Tulane deep, and then from that moment on, things started to roll a little bit. Uh, but when you look at it, every every facet of the club had a hand in that win. Really did, you know, and I've, I've been quoted as saying a lot of times, you know, we've built a phenomenal culture here. We're winning off the field. Uh, we're winning academically. We're winning how we treat people. Uh, and we're just doing a lot of great things. And at some point, we've got to start winning on the field, too. I understand that. And uh, it was good to see all of it kind of come together on the field. It probably validated us to the uh, – to the fan that's kind of on the fence, if you will, uh, which which is good, trying to get everybody back on board and believing that Southern Miss can be, again, what we've been in the past, because I believe it with all my heart. That was a great football team and great football program we beat. Uh, great, co They're well coached. They have a great defense and a great quarterback. And it's hard to go on the road and beat a great defense with a great quarterback, no matter what level of football you're at. And uh, so it was a huge step for our program. Again, we're not complete. You know, we're young. We're getting better. Uh, and, and I think, but I do think it was big, and I think you'll continue to see us grow and improve as the season goes on. Coach, you talked about their quarterback play. Let's look at yours. What have you liked uh, that you've seen from your freshman quarterback so far? You know, he's got a great ability to be extremely accurate with the football uh, and that's just something that's a natural you can improve it slightly but i believe there's kids walking all around the pine belt area that can just hit people and there's kids that just miss people when they throw and no matter what object they're throwing and uh zach has an unbelievable ability to be accurate he's as talented a passer as i've ever coached he is a great athlete he's a great basketball player in high school uh, he comes from a great family and he's just learning how to be a college quarterback. There's so much that goes into it. It's really a full-time job. Uh, and it's really bigger than a full-time job. You know, it's really a 24-hour-a-day job because how you carry yourself on campus, how you carry yourself in the community, everybody's always looking at you. And that can be really hard on an 18-year-old uh, that's all of a sudden thrust in the spotlight. But he's got – he's grounded. He's got a great mama and daddy. He really believes in how – you know, we're training to do things, and I think the sky's the limit for how good he can be. Coach, you talk about the job that that is and the responsibility. On the other hand, uh, Ty Keys, how has he kind of handled it? How's the quarterback room uh, been since the change? And, and, you know, we live in a society now where it's kind of it's me or flea type deal, especially in the game that you're in. But how has Mr. Keys kind of handled uh, this situation over the last two or three weeks? Yeah, so, you know, Ty's young as well. And Ty also has a great mom and dad and, uh, and comes from a great program at Taylorsville, was a multi-sport athlete. So Ty's, Ty had to play early as a freshman uh, at Taylorsville too. So he understands it. He has pushed Zach to be better. They pushed each other. You know, Ty is not frustrated by the situation, but he's frustrated by the circumstances. You know, he's been injured, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's not under his control. He got hurt last year. He got hurt in game one, and he got hurt again, you know, the other night versus Tulane. So I think he's just been frustrated that he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and it's nothing he's doing wrong. He's working extremely hard. He just had some tough luck right there. 
And uh, but boy, we're really excited about him and what he brings to the table, and uh, and excited about coaching him and growing him. You know, it's just uh, you know he's gonna, you know, when you're in the valley, and you know he's in a little bit of a valley right now with the injuries. Well, anytime you're in the valley, if you keep living right and doing right, you eventually get back to the mountaintop. And I think good days are coming for Ty. He just got to keep consistently doing what he's doing. Coach, how much does it help either of these young quarterbacks to have weapons like Caston and Brownlee out wide? I mean, real, real game changers. We saw uh, that the other night. That's two talented wide receivers you have. There's no doubt. It's not just them. It's just they're the ones that get the ball the most right now. But, yeah, you know, quarterback's the most unique position in all of sports from the standpoint of the success of the team depends so much on the quarterback, but the success of the quarterback depends so much on the team around them as well. And we've got really, really good players around these young quarterbacks to help them grow. And I, and I think that's been able to be showcased a little more now because our quarterbacks are playing better and can get them the ball. We talk about your weapons offensively. On the other side of the ball, Coach Armstrong's got some players too. Eric Sky Jr., of course, with a big play. The special teams, the complimentary football that you were able to play. But a guy that jumped out at me was the way that Bivens played on that uh, defensive line. Just kind of your thoughts overall on Coach Armstrong and his group. Well, I mean, everybody knows how much I love Austin Armstrong and what he means to me, not just as a coach, but as a person. Uh, it's been so fun to watch him grow and develop in his career. Uh, he is a, just an outstanding person, number one, and also a great coach. Uh, he's got great schemes, and he does a great job of getting our kids to play so hard for him. But, yeah, we really improved our defense through recruiting, you know, and that recruiting is the name of the game, and we're just a lot better outfit across all three phases because of recruiting. But particularly on the D-line right there, Brandon Lacey's done a good job as our D-line coach. But, you know, Bivens has brought a lot to the table. Uh, Cooley's brought a lot to the table, both from Wayne County. Uh, you know, Jalen Williams from Tyler Town, you know, right here in your area has, has brought a lot to the table. Uh, Bivens, man, I think the number one thing with him is just what a, what a good person he is, man. Like, he's just a guy that has really embraced our culture and ran with it you know he just he smiles every day he impacts people around him he's a big jokester he loves to play pranks on people uh but man he is a kid that if he really continues to embrace work and the details of it the sky's the limit for how good he can be and there's a lot of talent in that room you know uh, him and cooley play the same position and Cooley picked up their guard and dropped him on the quarterback twice. He didn't get the sack, but he ran the guard all the way into the quarterback and opened up sack opportunities for others. And uh, we've got some good talent right there, and they're getting better and better. Coach, when you look at it, you're going to have Southern Miss. Of course, that's the university. But scattered from the, the top to the bottom of the state, this, this roster is just littered with Mississippi uh, – young people from like i said from the bottom to the top how much pride do you take in that as being a a mississippi guy to take a a unit like that on the road and, and be able to win in that environment in new orleans and what it means for our state oh that you know me man that that's that's the utmost thing for me is 
making our people, uh, injecting our people with pride, giving them something to poke their chest out about, and knowing that we're doing it with our kids. You know, to me, that's what Southern Miss is about, man. And that's what Mississippi's about. We we have a chip on our shoulder. Uh, we believe in our way of doing things. And uh, to build a program where we're doing it with our kids that also believe in those things, I think is a cool thing. And it's something I've always thought that if I could ever get this job, you could really do. Because I've recruited this state for over 20 years. I know the talent in it. I know where they're from. I knew our population's grown from, you know, two and a half million to almost three million over the years. So there's more players in this state than there's ever been. And uh, it's, we've just been blessed to, to accumulate it. It's only going to grow from here. And uh, I think it's a really cool, neat thing that I take a lot of pride in. Coach, you're going to be judged by wins and losses uh, by, by a large percent of the public but if i were to ask you you know this troy game that's coming up's falling about the same point that it was a year ago how pleased are you in the progress of the program oh god man we're light years from this time last year i mean on the field last year early in the year i mean we were just a you know we were just a terrible football product call it what you want we were pretty good on d we were average in the kicking game, and we were horrible on offense. Uh, we were just not a great product on the field. You fast forward to now, we got a chance to be great on D, a chance to be great in the kicking game, and we think we're on the verge of being pretty dang good offensively because we're young and we're getting better. So we've grown light years, and that's through recruiting. Uh, recruiting's the name of the game. But then off the field, you know, we've transformed this place to a place that – you know, we inherited a program that had 27 kids ineligible at the moment we took it. We've had three consecutive semesters of setting academic GPA records. We had over 50 kids over a 3.0 in the spring semester. We had eight kids with over a 4.0. We've had over 12 kids baptized in the last six mm -hmm. months. Uh, we've helped feed the hungry. I mean, we're doing all kind of things that are just winning and that that leads and breeds to success on the field so we're going to continue to improve on the field we're learning how to win we're more talented we're getting better but this program as a whole is just uh i mean we're we're nowhere near what we were at this point last year coach i always ask you about this i'll do it again uh the leadership there at southern miss and the way that they've kind of embraced and and helped you with your overall vision some of the things you stated there per, still pretty pleased with uh with the people that are surrounding you there at southern miss oh there's no question you know what uh, jeremy mclean is an elite athletic director he's a real man he's a real leader he doesn't react uh, he processes, uh, develops a strategy to get to the best solution possible, and then leads and treats people the right way. I just can't say enough about him and his character and what he means to me. You know, I was hired by Dr. Bennett, who I love, and now Joe Paul's in there. And uh, I just really believe he loves Southern Miss, and I think he's doing a great job in his role right now. And you know, I believe in the IHL board and Tommy Duff and all those people. I know they love Southern Miss, and I know we're going to find a great president that's going to believe. You know, man, we're Southern Miss. Football matters. Athletics matter. And so I believe in the overall vision of our university. Uh, I'm in a line with it, and I understand how much football 
uh, matters to the overall health and well-being of this university. That's something I take very seriously. Coach, I'll get you out of here on this. When you mentioned recruiting earlier, the momentum in recruiting, I know you probably can't talk specifics, but uh, the state of, of the recruiting for Southern Miss, how are we there? We're doing great. You know, I think we're at 14 commitments right now of high school kids. Those are kids that we identified as great players early, and we really believe in them. We'll probably stay stagnant right there. We won't take many more unless they're just a great, great player because uh, we want to wait on the portal. We're, 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 you know, really in a good situation from a portal standpoint where SEC schools and Power 5 schools really recruit our footprint hard. And so we've identified a lot of kids that could be entering the portal just like we did last year that want to come home and be a part of a great culture and represent this state and this region. So I think, uh, you know, as November and December hits here, you'll see us add somewhere between eight to 12 of those kids like that that are our type kids that want to get back home. Coach, can't thank you enough for your time. I appreciate you and what you're doing at Southern Miss. Oh, man, I really appreciate you and all the publicity you give us and uh, love the people of this region. And, and I know y'all got a lot of good football going on down there and a lot of teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And uh, and so it'll be fun to watch as the season goes on. Yeah, maybe we can bring a couple of our Pearl River County schools up to the Rock that first weekend in December. No doubt. I think you're going to. Thank you, Coach. Ready for faster internet and better service? Of course you are. And that's exactly what you'll get with Coast Connect. Coast Connect gives you blazing speed for faster downloads, streaming video, gaming, or working from home. And it's backed by top shelf service from local people you know and trust. Why wait? Get the speed you need with the service you deserve. Sign up today at coastconnect.com. Coast Connect, powered by Coast Electric. Since 2017, Cruz Law Firm has provided a variety of legal services to their clients in South Mississippi. Their team will work hard for you to get the results that you need. You'll always be given the utmost respect and your case will be treated with the priority that it deserves. Cruz Law Firm works with the security title and is a member of the American Land Title Association. They have two locations to serve you at 1016 6th Avenue in Picayune and 300 Highway 11 Suite 4 in Poplarville, or you can give them a call at 769-242-2500. We are always pleased to have uh, a Mississippian, Ben Ingram, on the program with us, and we have that pleasure now. Ben, thanks for taking time for the podcast. Man, you got it. Thanks for having me today. Ben, let's look at your week, man. You started... Uh, with a trip to the White House and then going to bookend it uh, with the best series in all of baseball this coming weekend. Just kind of give our listeners a, a look into what your uh, week has started like and what you're looking forward to this weekend. It's been a big week, that's for sure. Um, starting back on Monday, when we got to Washington, D.C., we got to go to the White House, and that was the morning after a really lengthy game the day before in Philadelphia. We were in Philadelphia on Sunday and had a uh, two-hour rain delay there on Sunday, and then the game went 11 innings. So we got out of Philadelphia a lot later than we expected, and that was a quick morning the, the following day as we had to be on the bus at 9 a.m. to go to the White House. But it was tremendous. It was an incredible honor. Uh, if you consider yourself to be uh, an American and you live in the best country in the world, 
uh, getting an opportunity to be invited to the White House is a, a very high honor. And that's how I viewed it. I know that's how uh, my coworkers viewed it and how the team viewed it. And we had an incredible day uh, there at the White House. Everyone was so uh, genuine and courteous and um, very hospitable. And we really enjoyed getting to celebrate the accomplishments of last year's Braves team there at the White House uh, with everyone involved over there. And then uh, starting the, the, the um, series that night in Washington, Bryce Elder had a, a shutout, went the distance in an 8 nothing win. Braves ended up taking two out of three. It was a disappointing game yesterday, losing in extra innings on a night where the Mets won. But now an off day today for us, which is really important because we've not had one in a couple of weeks. And it's a good time to rest up knowing what you have coming in this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with the Mets. And the division comes down to this series. And I was a little bit concerned about the weather and Hurricane Ian, but it looks like we're going to be okay weather-wise for the weekend. Maybe really windy, but I think we should miss the rain. So that's really good news for us. And uh, we'll see the division come all the way down to this weekend. going to be very exciting. Ben, you mentioned the hurricane there, and, and I don't have this as my list of questions, so this is always a danger. But uh, the, the area that it did uh, take landfall there in Florida, pretty close to where the New Bray Spring Training site is, and, and any word from around that area. Uh, I know just following you on social media, you seem to enjoy your time there from Spring Training. Just kind of an update if you have any from that area. It's still waiting to hear more. I know that yesterday we heard from Mike Dunn, who is basically in control of all the operations down in Florida, uh, with the facility and things of, of that nature. And I know that he said the entire area was completely devastated. I don't know what that means specifically for our facility. Obviously, the biggest concern are the people down there and their homes and things like that. You know, our facility won't be used for another several months, and they can repair it. But it, it, you know, the people that we've met, that we've met down there over the last few years. Uh, we, we made good friends down there, and uh, I love going to Northport. It's one of my favorite things of, of the entire year is going to spring training, and I love that area. Uh, I love the town that the Braves moved to. I wasn't the biggest fan of our spring training facility and our whole situation in Orlando. Nothing against those folks by any means, but it, to have your own facility and, and to have a nice uh, quiet area that's not too far from the beach. I love it down there, and we've certainly been hurting for the for the friends of, of ours that are down there in the in the path of that storm. And um, just hopefully, uh, everyone can be okay, and that uh, homes and buildings and businesses can be repaired, and hopefully, no loss of life because it certainly is a scary situation down there for people that are close to us and folks that we've uh, become friends with over the last few years. Absolutely, continue to think and and pray for those folks uh, there. Ben, when you look at this this Braves team and this journey that's gotten, as you said, this pivotal matchup this weekend against the Mets leading the East by a game, the tale of two seasons, right? The before June 1st Braves and now the after June 1st Braves. Do you see it any differently than that, Ben? You know, this team, what they've done since June 1st has been extraordinary. I mean, what they've done is hit the stride that we knew that they were capable of um, it, it took a few different elements in order to create that, but uh, bringing Michael Harris up from Double A and having Spencer Strider go into the rotation, uh, having Dansby Swanson turn things around at the plate, Austin Riley having a great season, uh, so many things go into that. And, and this team 
knew all along that they could be this version of themselves. It just took a couple of months to reach it. Uh, and it's come down to this. I think that what this team has done going back from uh, opening day to where they are now, reaching 97 wins, it took an amazing surge for this team to reach 97 wins. And still with six games left on the schedule, in all likelihood, this team will get to 100 wins. That didn't even seem remotely possible on May 31st. But June 1 was when they started their 14-game winning streak, and they've been a better version of themselves every month since then so it's been an incredible race to see them overcome a 10 and a half game deficit is really unheard of you don't see that too many times the largest lead the braves have ever overcome and won a division is 10 games and they're a game out of first place right now so if they win this division it will be the largest lead they have ever overcome to win the division i think that's a statement uh, it's truly historic but it's 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 a team that has plenty of confidence given what they accomplished last year, uh, but they know that there's work to be done. And if, if they can win this division, that would make it make it a little bit easier on themselves come the postseason. But if they don't, they know they still have uh, the makeup and uh, and the talent in order to achieve what they achieved last year. Ben, would you kind of give us a look into Coach Snit and his mindset, just reading his quotes, uh, even at the time prior to this June 1st long run, even his quotes as early as last night after really a gut punch loss, just so steady and calm. I mean, that's what I see from the outside. You've got a closer look in. Uh, just kind of give us a look at his mindset, Ben. I think the first thing that comes to mind is there's no panic. And, and I don't think that he would ever be in a situation where he would panic. But at the same time, uh, I think what they accomplished last season even furthers that notion of, of a no panic environment. This team knows how good they can be. Uh, he, he's been a very good leader and a guy who in, in, the, in the face of troubling times, um, injuries, uh, maybe stretches here and there where you're not playing your best baseball. He's remained steady as a manager. And he knows what this team is capable of. And I think that's very important for a team in, in our game. When you play 162 games, this isn't football or basketball where one week or, or a stretch of uh, three or four games can ruin your season. Uh, you've got to find a way to put yesterday behind you, move on to the next day, and, and find a way to get back into the win column. And this team knows that, and that starts with Snit. And I think having that leadership, I think having um, that sentiment when it comes to how he guides his team, I think that goes a long way and steadies the ball club. Uh, that and They're a confident bunch because they know what they're capable of, and I think those are two very important elements for this ball club. Ben, the, the balance that he must walk with um, them being so confident and playing loose. He does such a tremendous job, it seems, with allowing the young guys and, and that culture. You look, you mentioned Harris. Grisham's come up and, and done a tremendous uh, job. You mentioned Strider. I mean, this is a Braves team without Aubies, without really the vintage type of Acuna uh, being what he, it's really hard for me to imagine, Ben, that they are where they are without Ozzy doing what he has could do with an injury without Soroka and even without Acuna over the last two years. When you look at a three-year path, this isn't really what the Braves had in mind, but have played in a World Series baseball and maybe a 100-win season back-to-back. -back. And, and I think that's the reality of, of our game. 
And what I mean by that is you're not going to go 162 and have all your horses. It's just not going to happen. Every team is going to have an injury along the way. You just have to wonder who's it going to be. I mean, fortunately for the Braves last year, their infield was intact all season with Freeman and Ozzy and Dansby and Austin. And even in the face of a year where they went without Ronald Acuna for the second half of the season, they still won. I think that sets a standard for a next man up mentality that certainly carries over to this season. While you've been fortunate with the health of Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley and, and Matt Olson, you lost Ozzy Albies. Well, everybody's going to lose somebody along the way. The question is, what do you do when you lose them? And I think the job that Orlando Arcia has mm. done stepping up, I think the job that Vaughn Grissom did stepping up, that's what it takes to win a division, to get into the postseason, to win come the postseason. Uh, I, I think back on last year, I mean, just look at other teams around Major League Baseball. Look at who the Dodgers were without come the postseason. Yeah. They were without Clayton Kershaw. They were without Max Muncy. This season, the Mets were without Jacob DeGrom until August. They've been without Starling Marte for the last month. They were out uh, without Luis Guillorme for a little while. Every team is going to lose key players. Every team is going to lose impact players. But the teams that make it into October, among other things, are the teams that were able to absorb those injuries, have somebody else step up and carry the ball club and plug the gap and not drag the team down by losing your second baseman or your right fielder or a starting pitcher. That's what it takes. And, and I think that's why preseason predictions, while they're fun to talk about, hmm. you really have no idea what's going to happen over the course of a season because you don't, you don't know who's going to be injured and you don't know who's going to step up. Uh, and I think the Braves have done as good a job of that as anybody. And that may be the most impressive thing that I've seen this team do this season and last season is their ability to absorb an injury to a key player and continue to win baseball games. Ben, in that answer, you gave a lot of elements towards winning. Going towards Friday night, both teams going to run their aces out there. Freed and DeGrom, what type of matchup and how excited are you to call this one? This is what you do this for. I mean, getting to, to do what we did last year, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. There's no doubt about it. You can't win the World Series every single year. I wish we could. But what you can do is create a standard, create a culture within your clubhouse where your expectation every year is to be amongst the best, to have games like this down the stretch. Uh, looking back on where we were in the first two months of the season, even though the team wasn't playing all that well, I don't think they changed their expectation or their goal one bit. Uh, outside of it being down to them and the Mets at the end of the season. This is what it's all about. And, and while it might be nice for other teams like the Cardinals or the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Astros, they've already clinched their division. So there's a luxury to that. We've gotten to, to experience that each of the last four seasons. But these are the type of games that you do this for. This is what it's all about. And having it come down to three games in your ballpark against arguably your biggest rival with the division on the line and, and a distinct advantage come the postseason by winning the division, by getting some extra days off, this is what it's all about. And um, to, to, to be in this situation the year after winning the World Series, it's tremendous. There are lots of teams who, after a World Series, uh, can't put it together the following year. They don't even get to the postseason. This team has answered, put up 97 wins, and it's coming down to this series. So this is this is what you want. And I think when you have a standard of winning baseball, you envision yourself in these types of games, these types of series, and getting into the postseason every single year. And here this team is again doing that. Ben, I'll get you out of here on this one, man. Thanks again for your time. But I, I, I wanted to know, was it a, a conscious decision on your part or just something you enjoy. It seems like you're bringing us behind the scenes more and more often. You're hosting a podcast. Um, 
just kind of give our listeners a look into that. This is a broadcasting nerd question for me, but your Instagram, I'm loving the stories and some of the behind the scenes look. Is that uh, something you just enjoy doing, a conscious decision? Give us your mindset on it. Sure. It, it evolved earlier this year where I was walking. It was our first road trip of the year. I was walking to the ballpark because our hotel is one block away from the stadium there. And it was just a really pretty day. And I, I'm always trying to find ways where I can bring our listeners behind the curtain. That's what mm -hmm. people want. Obviously, people want the game, and they can tune into us every single night and get the game. But people really enjoy being taken places where they can't normally go. And I know that before I had this job, and certainly when I was growing up, I, I would have loved to have seen what it looked like in a press box in, in a ballpark here or uh, on the bus in a stadium or something like that or on the way to the stadium. And, and I challenged myself to find ways to take our listening audience and people who follow me on social media behind the curtain as much as I could. Uh, so I decided to video the walk that we would have from uh, walking into the ballpark in San Diego all the way to the booth. And I thought to myself, after lots of folks messaged me and said, this is really cool. Thank you so much for showing us behind the scenes. I thought to myself, well, I should do this for every ballpark and make an event out of it. That way people are, they, they have that to look forward to. Uh, and of course, I, I put it on my Instagram story, but I save it on the uh, Instagram highlights so anyone can go to my Instagram page and see a walk through the press box and such for any of the ballparks we played in. I think we played in 18 ballparks this year, uh, 19 counting our own ballpark in Atlanta. And I'm going to do a, a behind the scenes tour for our ballpark, this homestand. Uh, but as we continue through the next few years, I'm going to continue to do it until I have at least one video from every ballpark in Major League Baseball. So folks can go there and, and see what it looks like from our end uh, to, to walk through the press box and see what it's like to go behind those doors that they're not credentialed to go through. And I thought that would be fun and, and something that, that fans would enjoy. So that's kind of how that evolved. And I look forward to continuing that. Yeah, tremendous idea, and as you said, a tremendous peek behind the curtain. Ben, thanks for taking time back here at home for your Mississippi podcast and continued success, man. Always so proud of your work and uh, just continued success there, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time to have me on, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thank you, Ben.